Welcome to the Wild 7 Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Red. Joining me once again is... April Mendoza. And with us is a special guest. Please introduce yourself. Stephanie Valenzuela. Valens... Valenzuela. Valenzuela. It's not Venezuela. No. Okay. My Instagram that's is Your Instagram is that. Yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, yeah why we for all sure. Get confused. Okay, now, Stephanie, okay, let's just shut off the music because we really just gotta... We just let's gotta go here. Okay, okay Stephanie, yes. please... Fill the listener in on who you are, what your background is, okay. and, how and also us, and I how guess. you know April. And All whatnot. right. So um, I actually met April through Ashley. Me and Ashley worked together. And then um, I started hanging out with her. We went to a concert together. We just really clicked. And ever since then, it's been, what, seven years now? Oh, my. Friendship? No way. Yeah. Yeah. Are you serious? No, I swear. Yeah. Since that Mumford & Sons concert. <laughs> a Mumford & Sons Mumford concert. And Sons. Yes. Was that when they were doing I Will Wait, I Will Wait For You? Yes. And, that, yeah. <laughs> and the cave. Yeah. yeah, that's yeah. some pretty good music. Yeah. It was a good show. I think Ashley had said she wanted to go like on Twitter or something. I was like, I'm down to go too. And then she ended up inviting April. Yeah, oh, yeah. I tagged along. We just, yeah. Nice. Well, Stephanie, I welcome you. And in order to welcome you, I put this in the bank. Welcome to my house. <laughs> Thank you. Ashley can't hear that because she's just hanging out on the couch. <laughs> but it said, it's that part from the Flo Rida song, Welcome to My House, where it goes, Welcome to my house. In fact, let's play it again. Let's just one more. Welcome to my house. <laughs> Welcome to my house. Welcome uh, to the Stephanie. Wild 7 Studios um, headquarters. Steph- okay, where do we begin? April. Yes. Where should we begin? Well, just, should we start with say, the schema? Oh, yeah, you, well, I just want to say um, I'm so happy to have you on our podcast, Stephanie. This is the first time I think that you've been on the Wild 7 podcast, yes, right? Yes. yes. Um, yeah. Just to elaborate a little more, um, I am a clinical psychology major. I have my getting my master's in clinical psychology. I work yeah. at a mental hospital so um i you know am very passionate about all this stuff so that's why they're bringing me on today is to kind of talk about different diagnoses and um how it's portrayed in different movies and stuff. yeah yeah like yes. stephanie and i actually had a conversation a very drunk conversation <laughs> <laughs> the other t- the other day about this and we just i love picking her brain about these and because she's obviously she's a master well she's almost a master at what yes. she does yes um, yes in my eyes she's a master <laughs> and uh I, you know i have that kind of like different perspective coming from the art world from you know filmmaking from the writing perspective and and you know, creating things out of nothing and analyzing um, situations that maybe aren't there exactly, but mm-hmm. it's a it's more of a creative perspective and yeah, just in that in that world. But um, it's it's always a good conversation with Stephanie, yeah. so I'm so excited to like have her on the podcast and for you guys to converse Same. on this as well. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, yeah. especially with the schema test. Should we start yes. there? Yes. Let's yeah. start there, and backstory. then we'll get to the movies. But let's yeah. name the movies that we're going to that are going to be in discussion. Yeah, so we were trying to figure out what movies we can kind of talk about that kind of deal with mental uh, disorders and stuff like that mm-hmm. in movies. And since it's like Halloween season, uh, we thought we can talk about some horror films. So, like, of course, we had to talk about Silence of the Lambs, um, uh, The Shining, and... Uh, the third one, American Psycho. American Psycho, American Psycho which which is have, on our projector right, right now. now. Yeah, I blinked yeah. out for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so all okay. very different movies. But before we get to that, there's this thing called the schema test. Yes. And you recently did the Simpin After Dark podcast Correct. with Ashley and Victoria, and they took the schema test. Yes. And it's such uh, a good episode, by the way. It was a great episode. I listened yeah. to it. And it we, was awesome. We want we want to call you Doctor Steph. Yeah, you know, no. you know, yeah. not technically doctor, but we uh, call her Doctor Steph. But when like that happens, it'll, it'll be really great. <laughs> yeah. um, so I took the schema test. I tried to be as honest as possible. But Which before we be, before we get to the schema test, no, you know what? I'll save it. There's so much to talk about. Okay, okay. I was going to talk about ticks. I think I have a tick. <laughs> um, I blink, but I I I do it. Um, I've had it since I was like in high school. 
Okay. Do you and, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when I was in high school, it was really bad. Like my girlfriend's mom used to make fun of me for it. And so like, like what constitutes a tick? I don't then? know. It's just this thing. If if I don't do it, so I guess I, and I do it in secret around right. you guys. Like when I feel like you won't notice, I, mean, I do this. Yeah. Have you noticed it? Be real. Uh, no, not really. No, no. I mean, you're or doing it really exaggerated. Yeah, right yeah. Now. sometimes like, <laughs> I'll. It's just this thing in my eyes. Like sometimes I just I feel think, the need to just yeah. squeeze them and just do. I that. think you think you do it more than you do. Yeah. In yeah. high school, it was really bad. Yeah. It was really bad. And then maybe it has to do. There's this Japanese actor that also has that tick, and I think. Oh that's really? Cool. When I, I discovered guess, like, him, I was people, like, oh, do interesting. People have like that's interesting though because once you saw it from someone that you really liked, yeah, you did it, and yeah. So. Uh, we were uh, just talking about at the um, hospital I work at. I work with adolescents. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, there's this huge surge of like 10 of the kids having ticks. And I'm like, this isn't that common. Oh, Why right. do all these kids have ticks? So my assumption was these kids are maybe one of their idols has a tick. Yeah. And now oh all of a God. sudden it's cool or it's funny or cute. It's cute to have a tick. Oh, interesting. And it's all um, of our female um, patients that oh, have it. And I was so picturing men for some reason. No. It's or guys, boys, whatever. Yeah. And um, I just remembered Billie Eilish what came out and said that she has ticks. So I'm like, oh. now... Oh, is that why all of a sudden? No, interesting. All of a sudden, they and then they'll see one has a tick, and no, I have ticks too. I'm like, that's not how it works. Oh. Celebrities are so influential, and so yeah. is media. So like, I'm I mean, so happy I think that it's wonderful that it's normalizing ticks for the kids that actually have ticks. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you feel about this? You know, idea that all these little kids are trying to pretend that they have ticks, even if they probably don't. Like, how does how do you think that like affects like society? I have theories. <laughs> okay, look, this is a thing. Um, I am completely understanding. I there are some of the kids that do actually have ticks, and I just I completely don't give it any attention because someone that actually has a tick is really embarrassed about it. They, like you said, they try to avoid doing it in public places, yeah. and then they need to try. Um, usually. Um, it, say that they have it at school they usually hold it back for a long time and then it gets worse when they get home because they've been trying to avoid doing the tape oh. the whole time at oh, school. interesting so then it's like this like they do it a lot more times yeah. because it's so relieving to get the tick over with yeah wait real quick can we kind of like can maybe can can you help us elaborate on what exactly is a tick um, it, so it's like a more of like an actual neurological disorder. And um, so it's something in your brain that um, where you ha it's usually like a motor tick and it could be a motor tick combined with a sound or combined with a word. Oh. And it's very consistent. And mm, okay. um, so it's it, it could be like a few words, yeah. but it's always going to be the same like motor movement. Oh. So it's stuttering in the world of ticks? No. That's not at all. It's it's it, it's in I guess a similar thing where it's anxiety, mm -hmm. um, and that's what um, creates stuttering and anxiety. When you have a lot of anxiety, you feel like you need to take, especially in anxious times. Yeah. Which I recently discovered it's not actually in the DSM, but um, certain kids have tick attacks where um, they it's like for a long period of time it looks like they're almost having a seizure so it's like an exaggerated motor movement and it looks like they're in physical pain on the oh. face okay okay so yeah. these kids though they're faking these quote-unquote tick attacks and they keep just repeating words over and again and i'm like that's not oh. so that's like trust <laughs> wait, do I guess. your research kids, before you pretend <laughs> wait so so <laughs> just from what you've heard of what i said about my thing yeah do i have a tick or do i just like to blink a lot i 
honestly, I don't know. That, that I think that's really interesting because um, because I saw it so much in these kids. I did a lot of research where I was looking on scholarly articles and just also personal um, YouTube videos and stuff to be like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. And um, a lot of the times it actually develops in like around five to seven years old and mm. it actually more goes away in adolescent years. So, um, And how, how old are those kids that are doing it? 13 to 17 years old. Okay. Mostly the younger kids. So yeah. it's like, why is it that the younger kids are? I mean, it could be because it hasn't faded away yet. Yeah, know, but then all of all of them have it. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! And then some just developed it while they were at the hospital. Oh my god! And now I have. But tics. you know what's interesting though, and I know that you can agree with this. Uh-huh. Like when you're with a bunch of people, you adopt like their like habits or yes. even their accents. Like oh, we when okay. we went to Europe. Yeah. Do you remember how easy it was to yeah. catch onto someone's accent? Yes. And you know, you start talking like that because person. you want to fit in. And then once, yeah. <laughs> once someone sees, oh, look at everyone is, especially these kids, um, you know, you have to sympathize with them is that, you know, these kids are here for a reason. They're not getting the intention that they need. And then, so when they see that the kids with the ticks, oh, you're so cute. Your tick is so cute. And all mm-hmm. these other kids are giving that kid attention. Yeah. Well, now all of a sudden I have ticks. Can you give me attention? That's so funny. So like there's, yeah, go ahead. No, no, please go oh, ahead. No, I, I raised my hand. <laughs> because I was just going to like, it's funny because we're just watching American Psycho and there's this line in the movie where Patrick Bateman says, I just want to fit in. And like, yeah. that's kind of like the main theme I think in the movie is yes. why do people do the things that they do? Yeah. All yeah. the psychotic things that they do. And it's like the underlying and the competition to fit in the best, like <laughs> crazy, but like, also to stand out at the same time to stand yes. out among the others. Yes. That are trying to fit in. Exactly. Exactly. I have a question. Yeah. Th- that I would like to pose to you. Okay. Do you think these kids are taking on these? Oh, I found this thing. I was looking for this earlier. This was my mouse pad thing. Thank oh you my God. gosh. Life is so wonderful. <laughs> um, okay. Uh, sorry. I found something on my desk that I was looking for. Um, do you think these, I remember growing up somewhat in the suburbs and you guys were in Rancho or yeah, similar areas, suburbs. I imagine. Yeah. yeah. And I remember kids trying to act like they had a lot of problems when they didn't because they kind of, I guess, I don't know, like there was this one kid that would come to junior high and he would act like he was on acid and then he'd go like snakes, snakes everywhere. And then we'd be like, no, you're not, you're not on acid. And oh, you know, what? like, and, and I think he did that because he wanted people to be like, dude, you have problems, man. And, and, and you're, you know, they, I, attention, and right? Standing mm. out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, so when you're in a mental hospital, everyone has problems. So how are you supposed to stand out with your problems? You got to one up your problems. Oh my God. Mm. That's you know? insane. And so uh, again, I'm not like trying to like yeah. talk shit on these kids. It's understandable why they do so. And again, with the symphony after yeah. dark, you want the, you know, soggy potato chips over no potato chips. Yeah, so go back I, and I listen love that so analogy. you know my reference. Yeah. 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 And, uh, <laughs> in fact, did let me. I, I did listen, yeah, and okay. I will explain the uh-huh. if I may. Yeah, sure. Um, this is my understanding of okay. it. The soggy potato chip, crispy potato chip scenario is in a relationship. Say you're like an unreasonable woman or or man or something, and you want to get the attention of your uh, partner. Yeah you act up and you act unreasonable and you do suffer, you pout or whatever a person does. And then they give you the attention, but it's like- Even though it's negative attention. It, even though it's negative attention. It's still attention. How do people live like that though? I don't get it. I mean- It's like, again, a, a pattern because you learn that from your parents. When you, If your parents were too busy or maybe they just weren't, you know, the attentive parents, 
then um, you act up because if you're acting up or doing something bad, they have to pay attention to you. They're forced to because you're going to break something. You're going to do this. Uh, you're going to do something else that's going to harm something else they care about. Mm -hmm. So it's like, oh, I had to act up because that's the only way you're going to pay attention to me. If I do good and I'm just like chill, you know, then it's like, yeah. well, oh. she's fine. I don't need, she doesn't yeah. need my attention right, right now. She's right. Like, it definitely has to do with like so, how your parents like Yeah, so in relationships, you, you repeat that same cycle. Well, all I know was that when I acted bad or I got someone pissed off, they gave me a lot of attention. Interesting. And so you repeat that cycle. Oh, definitely. I feel like if, if you haven't been in that situation, then you probably dated someone that did that to you. Like, I feel like listening yeah. to the Simpin After Dark a Psycho episode that just dropped, it's so funny because, like, they're asking about, like, have you ever had this, like, uh, you know, psycho story or psycho experience happen to you? Like, and if you can't think of a situation, it probably means that you were that psycho person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it's like, if you can't exactly relate, it probably means that, like, you just grew up really well and fortunate. I grew yeah. up really well. I, <laughs> no, no, got, but I, no, I admit, I can say this. Parents, you yeah, know what I mean? no, I mean, yeah, my parents loved me or whatever. Well, kinda, right. I mean, did you, did you grow up with married parents? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah. they gave you a decent amount of attention. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so I think that's, that has a lot to say about. How I would like to parallel yeah. this with American Psycho, though, yeah. is that, okay, look, he, you know, he's successful. He's doing all these things, but he's among successful people. So how does he get himself to stand out? He acts up by trying to kill people, by doing all these things and telling people I've killed people, but still people aren't giving him that attention. Oh, you're so-and-so, right? And they misname him. Right. To think, thinking that he's someone I else. Know. Yeah, still yeah, frustrated, yeah, yeah, still yeah. trying to yeah. show. Right, like right. A, you know, He'd rather person. lie about who he is. Yeah. <laughs> well, I've seen. He, he wants that attention. Yeah, I've seen guys that come from like the corporate world and it's such a lame world to me, but like, <laughs> it just is. And, 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 but they do this thing where they're like, Oh, you don't know. I'm really wild and I'm really crazy. <laughs> and it's like, no, you're not. You know, but it's like it's funny because the wild things that they talk about are like, oh, look at my business card. Like, right. <laughs> yeah. Out. Let me get your advice. And then that whole part, you and know, is a, is a, they're privates. I mean, yeah, I hate yeah, to be, yeah. it's, it's you know like what a, I mean? Like, it's, it's a, like, it's like a, a thing. Comparison. Exactly. Right? Yeah. yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking of. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's fucking hilarious though. Cause all their business cards look pretty much the same. Yeah. Just yeah. different stocks, slightly different, like, yeah. you know, kerning. Yeah. And, and In fact, color. I got an idea. Let's save the schema test for after. Cause now we're on American psycho. Yes. Okay. I read the book. Yeah, um, I did not. First yeah, of all, first of all, let's let's start it with this. Stephanie, what is your diagnosis of Patrick Bateman? <laughs> See, uh, you know, I was talking about it earlier. That is so hard because I feel like he has somewhat multiple, but he doesn't exactly fit some. So, and then also, which I'm curious to see, since you read the book, um, is how is is what he is doing? Is that real, or is it all in his head? And so that's where right. it's hard to diagnose because okay, supposedly he, it's all in his head, right? According to, to the movie, the movie, right. but again, it's kind of yeah, left. Exactly. On. Okay. Yeah. If you, I the read book. the book in high school. Okay. So I, there are parts that I graphically remember. And then I do believe like that whole thing at the end, I think that was in the book where he goes to the apartment at the end and the lady is like, this is, you know, you, yeah, who are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. I think that's in the book. The, th the big difference between the book and the movie is the book is extremely excruciatingly graphic. It's oh. real. It, dude, the violence. Yeah has been known to like make people physically ill. Like it's, it gets to such a level. I, I told Ashley this part of violence. I told April this part of violence. I'm telling you and I, uh -huh. forgive me cause it's so graphic, but he puts a rat in a woman. Like it's so, oh. and the funny thing about it is, um, I was like probably in second grade when that book came out and I was in <laughs> high school when um, the movie came out and stuff. And a weird thing, 
there was a feminist woman, I forgot her name, and she was really like one of the vocal critics of the book. Mm, and okay. she later went on to marry Christian Bale's dad. Oh, wow. yeah, pretty interesting. Wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but but that's all I can really say. I mean, it, it's just yeah. in so, the book, mm, go ahead. No, I was just going to say that like, I think, you know, regardless of if it was in his head or not, we can kind of base our opinions on him, uh, you know, based on like the movie and, and who his persona was 99% yeah. of the film. Yeah. So like, you so know, if at, he at minimum, actually existed and everything that happened happened, how can we kind of diagnose? I Patrick would, Bateman? I would go, I would, I would look into um, him one having the um, sexual sadism disorder. Oh yeah, tell us about that. I've never so, heard of that before. Yeah, so it's basically that like you get off on giving pain to um, people who aren't consenting to it. So but rape? Like, <laughs> yeah, rape. Wow. Like he said, like yeah. you know, sticking a freaking rat up somebody and yeah. like them like s- like how he like tries to like you know chainsaw yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. So he's like getting off. He's like yes. He's, and by the way, there's a lot of references to Ed Gein in the movie. Ed Gein is the guy that I think Chainsaw's, uh, Texas Chainsaw was based on. And oh, Psycho okay. as well. Uh, f- a few films, oh, exactly. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah. He, um, Ed Gein was a guy yes. that he was more a ghoul than a serial killer. He killed people, yeah, but like he would like dig up bodies and make lampshades out of their oh, yeah. skin and, and I stuff think Buffalo like Bill from Silence of the Lambs Correct. was also based on Ed Yeah, Gein, yeah. Which, you know, I don't know if I remember if you, if you watched that one um, recently or not, uh-huh. but he... He date or he uh, finds these like kind of overweight women, and he makes like coats out of them and stuff like that, and oh. uh, and then he wants to become like a woman, so he puts them on and he dresses up and kind of he, I guess he's kind of like a transsexual, yeah, yeah, um, or like that just way. cross cross he cross dresses, yeah, uh, yeah, cross. But he he like tucks his penis in between his legs oh, and he dances okay. around. There's like this awesome well, scene where he does oh, yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's so creepy it's though. It's like. That movie is so fucking good. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, <laughs> so scary. <laughs> Would you say the, the thing that I'm not a in your field, obviously, mm-hmm. um, but I can say I think the problem with Patrick Bateman is that he has this deep, and I put this in like artsy kind of words, so uh, forgive me, but like this like spiritual malaise, like he's not. Like he said, he's not there. There's no Patrick Bateman. He's mm-hmm. so empty that, and he's a sociopath clearly, yeah. So, right? Yeah. So I would. That, that's look, what I. That's what I would think. I would look at so so okay. So I would look at that diagnosis, and then I would also look for sure he's a narcissist. Yeah. Okay. And then um, it's like okay, if he's doing all these other killings, and it's like okay, do you have antisocial personality disorder? Uh-huh. And um, you know, that's again along with narcissism, no empathy. Um, you like wanting to hurt others, things like that. And um, also to be diagnosed with antisocial personality disorder, you had to be diagnosed with conduct disorder as a kid. And so the first signs of conduct disorder is you hurting animals, um, things like that, Mm. getting into fights, having no um, remorse for hurting people. Uh But uh, it's like the first sign if you see that kids are... um, really enjoying hurting animals that's where it's just like okay you need some help another interesting thing is um uh, i did like a special presentation during um my um schooling where i looked at antisocial personality disorder and um being a sociopath because that's being a sociopath Mm -hmm. isn't a diagnosis in the dsm but it's actually more of like um in like prisons and stuff like that so you can be diagnosed with it but it's not necessarily a disorder Mm -hmm. oh um but a majority of people that are in um like prison things like that they a lot of people have um like i guess they're sociopaths or something oh well okay but i can 
But oh, here's my yeah. thing though. Um, a lot of people that have that, you're more likely to have antisocial personality disorder also if you have ADHD. Oh, really? Yes. So a lot of these things are linked. Like yeah. if you have this one, you most likely have this other one. Exactly. And so like, yeah. it's interesting. So it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. Um, <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's, it's a lot to get into. Wow. It may, wow. Okay, you said well, people in prison. Don't, do you feel like, I mean, don't they kind of have to be like, do you, is there, right? don't they have to harden themselves a bit to just survive there and not be empathetic? You know what I mean? I, yeah. I mean, yes, I right, definitely right. agree with yeah, that. Yeah, for sure. Okay. There's like societal factors and like, for you know, sure. definitely. Yeah. But okay, so like also, you know, going back to American Psycho, I thought it was kind of interesting, like obviously that, you know, it's called American Psycho and there's this, I feel like it kind of represents this like idea of a person uh, that is like the, a consumer, uh, you know, like a typical American consumer that mm -hmm. has to fit in and that has to kind of repress all of these things that they know about the world in order to either fit in or be sane. Yeah. So it's like, you know, they know of all, you know, there's this really crazy scene where, um, not crazy, but whatever, Patrick Bateman talks about what is wrong with the world. And he's like, you know, we need to get rid of this and that and, you know, racism. And, and uh, you know, we had to like, I don't know, like, kill capitalism like, like materialism or no he's like that. saying all these like yeah, yeah. he's it, like saying all these talking wrong. points Pretty that, much. Well, he's saying all the right things uh -huh. but he doesn't yeah. actually to mean it in. yeah to like, fit in. And, yeah. Exactly, and his actions don't yeah. actually represent yeah. what he thinks yeah. yeah but it's like i feel like that's very typical of americans like we all have these ideas of how we should think but are we actually following through with it we're not exactly and i remember we had this conversation with like some friends like a few weeks or months ago whatever and like can you be a regular human being like not, you know, can you not be a sociopath and be an American capitalist or consumer? If you know, you know where your iPhone comes from, you know where your clothes come from. Yeah. Like you can't just pretend like you don't know where these things come from, yeah. like slave labor. And, I do. And fucking like, like just you know, terrible, no, I mean, I, I feel exploitation, you. Exploitation, right? I feel you. But so I feel that like, yeah, I feel yeah. like I am an American psycho. Yeah. In a way. I know. I, you know, but it is, it, it is to portray in, in the exaggerated way, that, you know, since like they're like, yeah, elite, yeah, yeah. but <laughs> it is portraying how a lot of us are these days. Yeah. And it's even, it be, it's, I feel like it's growing. At, like, what was it in two thousand or yeah, two thousand about um, yeah. American Psychos. I mean, mm -hmm. this is twenty years later, and I feel like we're even worse. I, we're way worse. <laughs> like uh -huh. we're, it's way worse because oh, yeah. technology, and we're becoming so connected on social media that we're comparing yeah. ourselves. Oh to Oh my others. god! Yeah, and again, yeah, he's and comparing movie? himself to all those people that are so much like him. Where mm -hmm. he, it's even these minor changes, as and long as that's it's slightly exactly. better, and that's and just he in feels his good about circle. himself, and it keeps feeding his ego. Yeah. But once someone's better than him, like and so, so that's where the narcissism shit, comes yeah. in. Exactly. You think that everyone is envious of you, but also when someone is slightly better, then you become extremely envious of them and you start to try to down talk them uh -huh. and so i mean i hate to you know bring him up but you know trump mm -hmm. the perfect narcissist that you could think of how he taught he makes names for everybody to really bring them down yeah. crooked hillary and they stick too. yeah they stick they stick <laughs> but he's really so he's very persuasive yeah. um and you know a lot of narcissists are very charming that that's how they're able to manipulate people to get their way and for everyone to idolize them yeah yeah exactly so that's insane yeah, yeah. Yeah, I definitely believe that. Like we were just watching, you know, the movie, and yeah. I remember you brought up uh, a book that's featured in it. What, what did you call it? What it, was it? The one where he's what looking up. Uh, oh, Zagat. I don't know. I've never it's heard like, of that. Before. Yeah, it's like a book that they used to have. I think they still have it, but it's like a guide for all of the great 
restaurants. And that's what's and crazy stuff. to me that like, you know, this is made like almost, I don't know, what, what 2000 something. Yeah. yeah. And so like times have changed so much well, and like, you're absolutely right. Like we are way worse off now mm-hmm. because of like the interconnectedness of us and like us being able to compare ourselves to people from like across the fucking country, like the world, yeah, and like everywhere. And for you it's not to just have like to prove to so many more people now instead of like yeah. your coworkers. Oh, I went to exactly. Nobu, it's I not just the here. people around you, yeah. That you know, it's like now people that you don't know that are probably yeah. that are looking at you, your followers, or even just like the the online community yeah. that might follow you one day. The thing I find crazy, like that's so much. And I need to be interesting enough yeah. for more people to continue idolizing me exactly. or to follow me. Exactly. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. I'm so interesting. <laughs> the thing I find disturbing about today, like oh. all of these values being spilled over to today is yeah. the fact that these people now have something to record their things. And I don't know the yeah. idea of somebody recording an act of actual violence. I've always found profoundly disturbing just because of what we want to do you know what i mean it's like we were trying to make people happy with these silly things but it's it's yeah it's gotten pretty grim it's gotten pretty scary in your experience do you see people sort of copying what they not copying what they see in movies but perhaps maybe well yeah right like i mean even the example that you were talking about earlier with the kids that possibly do or don't have these ticks yeah and you, you think that it comes from maybe an idol online has, right yeah i mean it has to be I, I, so all of a sudden common like was that scream i don't remember the quote what oh was i it? think i know uh movies don't make serial killers they make them more creative oh yeah, 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 yeah. i love it no yeah. I, that's true scream and in fact so good, in fact too. with our business let's not uh, let's not get into this conversation <laughs> um yeah <laughs> well no we should <laughs> yeah uh, let's let's just walk away from this one um but dude i will say you know like one level of audience can watch American Psycho and be like, wow, this is a very moving critique of um, American consumerism and, right, and that exactly. sort of all that stuff. And then another guy who works in corporate something is like, cool, that's interesting. You know what I mean? Like there are guys that do idolize Patrick Bateman, I oh, think. Oh, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For yeah. sure. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. I know so many people that like either from high school or, you know, just um, randomly meeting people that I'm like, oh my God, they totally remind me of yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just like, oh, like, yeah yeah and can we just talk about you know the name patrick bateman like obviously it's referencing norman bates yeah and obviously you know american psycho and psycho like bateman? have a re- relationship yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah and i haven't seen psycho in a minute but like, you know what's crazy though we were watching it american psycho yeah i was like you know because i do like push-ups in the morning his morning routine <laughs> i realized i do that same exact stretch it's like hold on let's see if this is the right <laughs> hold up yeah oh yeah, yeah, love yeah. It. <laughs> i do oh. i do i do 100 push-ups in the morning I wake up, I do my stretches. I once hurt myself because I didn't do my stretches and Chris taught me a really cool stretch and I found out Patrick Bateman does his thing. I get into the factory. I say hello to April. I say, hi, April. How's it going? Hi, partner Chris. Silent Chris, how you doing? But anyway, dude, one thing I wanted to ask you as a That's doctor, so <laughs> we've been under so much stress with this movie, right? I mean, yeah. it's it's been, it, yeah. we can admit that, right? It's stressful. Oh, it's, definitely. it's definitely stressful. We've been really stressed. So. Yeah, I was sitting down and I told April this and it was cr- like when I have a medical thing, I just kind of either, you know, push it aside yeah push it aside ignore it like it'll it'll go away and stuff until i'm dead or you know like and all of a sudden i was like just thinking of stuff and then all of a sudden my my abdominal muscle went like and then i wanted like i was like 
like hunched over and yeah. I, I was I felt like I was like gonna die or something and then I thought okay this is a muscle thing so then I just stretched myself out is that <laughs> out of stress like does it yes so um another thing that I have uh, kind of studied not necessarily uh, I mean I've studied a specific population but there is such thing as having somatic symptoms due to distress so you could have somatic uh, depression or anxiety uh-huh. and so some of the way that people present their stress is through actually feeling physical pain right and there's you know Crazy the mind body connection and so you have mm-hmm. to keep that in mind is that you know um to have a healthy body you need to have a healthy mind to mm-hmm. have a healthy mind you need to have a healthy body because hormones are released all these things happen and it's a full full cycle so mm-hmm. i mean that definitely like people get you know ulcers, all these different things. Yeah. Um, you can actually have asthma from mental stress. That wow. happened too to me. Oh my God, I'm such a stressful person. Like, do you remember wow. that one time I thought I had coronavirus? Well, Nas, every <laughs> fucking time you come into the office, you're like, I think I have COVID. And I'm yeah. like, why are you here? Yeah. No, no, I'm kidding. But yeah. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Nas is always like, well, no, because I had this tickle in my throat. And I'm like, no, yeah. I think you're good. Yeah, yeah. Thank you, April. I psyched myself <laughs> out when like COVID first started. And I was like, can I smell things? And I yeah. had yeah. things to smell. But yeah. No, oh. but <laughs> no, I, I don't even like to speak it into existence. Because yeah, exactly. words are so powerful. You, exactly. And that's what I'm saying. Mind body connection. You yes. can make yourself sick. It's yeah. crazy because, like, oh my gosh. No, so I was watching The Shining the other day, and uh, I noticed that, like, you know, The Shining, you know, it's supposed to kind of represent these, like, these visions, but also they're, like, things that are not there, they're, they, which can be things that happened in the past or in the future right because mm-hmm. usually when you, when you think of visions it's like oh i can tell the you know the future but i can also see the past um but i feel like the shining really deals with like these ghosts and like these things that people are repressing yeah and i, I don't know like how you guys analyze ghosts and movies and stuff like that mm. but i usually see them as like repressed memories or something like yeah. something that like yeah like that's still haunting you exactly, exactly. so perfect segue yeah. let's segue we're good with american yeah, psycho yeah. patrick you need help um, okay, yes, so The Shining, that's yeah. a whole new ball of wax. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Okay, uh, what was his name? Jack Such Torrance? Exactly. Great, mm-hmm. great film. You've seen it, no? Mm-hmm. Oh, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. It's so fucking good. What's your, what's your rap on him? That one... Oh, Other than being an alcoholic. Yeah, no, it's... That one is really hard for me, especially since I did not get a chance to recently watch it to specifically yeah. diagnose him. Um, I can kind of um, build off of your guys's um, maybe takes on parts of him, right. but I don't yeah. think... It's just, it's, it's like, um, because he, like you could get kind of psychosis from being alone or like being in a stressful environment. So because he moved from like, you know, I don't know if he lived in a suburb before or whatever to Mm -hmm. this like alone time, um, that actually can create, you know, like a mental breakdown. It's it's like the the cabin fever that people talk about. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know some writers like to be alone and how to kind of create this like, you know, yes. juice, creative yeah. juice going. And right, because, you know, Jack Torrance, he goes to this Overlook Hotel. Yeah. And he's there to sort of be like a, uh, what does it call it? Like a keeper? Like uh, a overseer like or something? Like an overseer or whatever, like, that, yeah. like yeah. Of, of the hotel. Like yeah, maintenance. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Of the hotel. And it's just him and his family there in this fucking humongous hotel that has a lot of history and a lot of, like, a huge, you know, past. And uh, he's there to, like, finish his book. Yeah. So he's got, like, this writer's block and he's got a... Uh, you know, cabin fever, but he's but also also, also dealing with right? resentment, um, guilt, because, you know, I think it, they suggest that he recently um, hurt, his, hurt son. his son. Like yeah. he Danny broke his Torrance. arm on accident. Yeah, or because he's he an alcoholic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
So it's like, you know, you kind of have to dive into like, well, why does he drink so much alcohol? And so, you know, they suggest that like Jack Torrance and his son, Danny Torrance, both have The Shining, which is like this kind of um, psychic ability. Yeah. And, uh, you know, obviously Danny, he sees it differently than Jack because, you know, an adult and a kid obviously have different perspectives on like The Shining. And, um, you know, Jack, he can't deal with it. So he drinks a lot of alcohol. So he doesn't like to deal with his problems straight yeah. on. And he's been sober up until that point, right? I yeah. believe so. He, was, yeah. he had well, a period since, of sobriety. Since yeah. he, he hurt his son. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And so then he's in this hotel where that has a big, you know, past or whatever. And so, like, uh, over time, he keeps seeing these things. But, and and then, he's confronting them. And yes. so it's like. And it's, as a writer and yeah. as a creative person, he had yes. to create a new accepting story where he's no longer the bad guy, probably because of so much guilt that he has for hurting his son, that it's like, no, they're out to get me. Mm-hmm. And I need to hurt them now. And so now he's trying to kill his son and his wife yeah. instead. And so it's like, all of a sudden he's like, you know, the good guy. Everyone's like, oh, you're back. And everyone's mm-hmm. like having a good time with him when yeah, he goes yeah, to his yeah. situation. So right, right. So you're talking no about the made up story, right? Yeah, I mean, obviously, so spoiler alert. If you haven't seen The Shining, like, you know, yeah, that's yeah. crazy. But it's, it's, like <laughs> a, it's like a reframe for him that's like, no, I'm, I don't need yeah. to be the bad person. They're the bad ones. And now I need to go get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is, oh my God, it's, it's, and a lot of people do that in like a less dramatic way is that they feel so much guilt that they, um, it's like called projecting, Mm -hmm. is that they're projecting their guilt, their shame onto others so that they're constantly critiquing people, constantly like, you know, shaming people and stuff like that because they're so ashamed of who they are. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Like, I've never read, you know, Stephen King's book. You know, uh, but obviously, you know, we've all seen the movie and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So I'm sure there's a lot of like similarities and then also things that were maybe a little bit different. Yeah. yeah. But um, like, what do you guys think that, you know, the like the twins and like the ghosts really represent? Because you think that it actually represents something from his past or from the hotel's past? Like, you know what I mean? Like, mm. because... I've seen also the documentary. I forgot what it's called, but Room Two Three Seven. I something, something like, that. like that. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. based on like you know the movie, and uh, they kind of talk about how it's built. You know, the the hotel was built on like this like Indian res- reservation. Yeah, yeah. and uh, so that's why there's like all this bloodshed and stuff like that, and like so it, I think that's a really interesting kind of haunted house yeah. perspective of like this hotel kind of represents maybe like America, and like how we cannot be sane. Because we are built on this Indian reservation. And we're rejecting, we're not um, acknowledging what's actually there and accepting yeah. the, the hurt, our shame, our guilt, you know. Yeah, it's the guilt. Exactly. Yeah. Killing like, all these people. And it's just like, we're a free, we've actually fought for yeah. our freedom. Yeah. And it's like, yeah. but what was that on before, yeah. you know? And so yeah, same yeah, with yeah. him where he sees the girl in the bathtub. She's like this beautiful woman. Yeah, yeah. She kisses him and everything. All of a sudden he realized that it's like this dead like woman or whatever. And so again- yeah. It's like recreating something for him, it to be acceptable. Exactly. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like this is a dead, you know, body. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think ghost stories have traditionally dealt with like the ghosts represent the sins of the past. And I think you guys are on to something here. Exactly. You know, like. It is the sins of the past. uh, Yeah. So whether it be like of your past, of like your country's past, of the things around you. Yeah. It's like, I kind of going back to like the American psycho theory of like, how can you be sane living in a world where you're contributing to the insanity of the world or the the downfall of society or the capitalism that's hurting like hundreds, thousands, millions yeah. of people? Like, how can you really feel sane? 
You know what I mean? Like that, that that's, is a horror story. That's, I think. that's an interesting uh, question. I don't know. <laughs> you're right. You're <laughs> like, yes. And does that make us sociopaths? Yeah. You know well, it's mean? one of those things where it's like when somebody starts talking about, um, oh, iPhone slave camps or something, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always feel like if I'm not in the mood, I'm like, dude, don't yank on that thread. Your whole world will come undone. <laughs> you know, that, like, what, what mean. am I going to do? So like, you know? Because, okay, you know, like that whole you know, that allegory, whatever, or the whatever of the fucking glacier. Yes. Your, con- your consciousness is that peak of the glacier. Yeah. And your subconscious is everything. Everything. Yeah. Right. I feel like that's exactly like what we need to be talking about. Like yeah, the tip of the iceberg. The subconscious. I feel those are the ghosts that yeah. keep coming out. And that's like, those are our, our like instincts and stuff like that. Like, yeah. Are these things that we know we have to deal with, but we keep repressing and keep mm-hmm. pushing down and you're trying to run away from them, but it's there. Yeah. yeah. And it haunts you. Yeah. It haunts us as, as people, individuals, and a society, as a country, like whatever. And it's crazy just because like there's so many things that we we know that we need to deal with and like whether it be as a societal thing as or as an individual thing like things that we don't want to cling on to just to be sane you know what i mean i I will say something these themes are very prevalent in the mr red's gruesome stories that we're dropping today which you know uh, (laughs) a news flash directed by written and directed by april mendoza we're very proud of it that's you that's you uh compa good job hey Uh, yay that's dropping today. Today is a um, and day, yeah. I, you know those. Mm-hmm. I feel you on that, and I, right. I I understand that those are like issues that you think about. I try <laughs> <Absolutely>. not. To. <laughs> well, know. no keyword. You try not to. I try not to, but I see to stay sane. pretty much to wh- stay sane. Yeah, no. I mean, the thing is, I look at it like this. It's like the Tao, the yeah. Chinese Taoism, right, right? right? Like the yin and yang. Yeah. Everything has a yin and yang to it. Everything, and yeah, the yeah, thing yeah. is. I try my best to be ascetic and zen in my life. That's, well, that's, you have to. So you're balanced. You're trying I'm, to keep that balance. I'm uh, I'm balanced, but it's a right. constant balancing so like act. When you, when you talk about people that are like, you know, quote unquote, psycho or psychotic, which I know is not the right term, uh-huh. but it's just commonly used. They're imbalanced individuals, right? Mm-hmm. So that means that they're leaning too much on something yeah. that is yeah. making them insane, yeah. Yeah. right? And so uh-huh. like, I guess they're like chemical imbalances it, technically, it, right? I mean, it's actually uh, too much of a good thing. Too much of a good thing. So let's say like um, high amounts of serotonin, you're yeah. going to um, have- um, Oh, that's bad? Schizophrenia. Oh. So um, I thought it was all negative. <laughs> no, so right? It's, it's too, I mean, but you, I mean, mm-hmm. that's, it's a kind of a good metaphor of too much of a good thing. It mm-hmm. can become really bad. So, and like if you're relating it to consumerism, yeah. you know, too much of a good thing and we're all striving for that, it creates a lot yeah. of, you know, damage. Right. I mean, look at all the people going back to American Psycho, like the people that, that are kind of like represented in the movie are wealthy people that like work on wall street or are just rich and like they're like the perfect type of person like the perfect contributor to american society you know and they you know they're they're polite and they have nice things Mm -hmm. but they're like all taxes they're all horrible people yeah 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 Yeah. and i think that has to do with like that balance yeah you know you you can have all those things you can have a ripped body like patrick bateman and be a great consumer to this society uh-huh. and like, you know, apply all your face creams and do all this and yeah. buy all the right products and have the nicest business cards. But like you're psychotic, like you, you cannot function and you're obviously like 
desiring more than you have. Yeah. And you're fucking like wealthy and have a quote unquote perfect life. Yeah. So it's like you but cannot with that, win. So that's why with, you know, narcissists, antisocial, you don't have empathy. You lack empathy mm. because imagine if you had empathy right. and you were doing all these things, right. you would feel horrible. Yeah. It would just, it would spiral yeah. down again because you'd feel so much guilt for taking advantage of others that you can't have empathy if you're going to be that successful. Um, you know, and they, uh, I mean, I don't, I haven't read like a, you know, peer reviewed article on it or anything, but they say that a lot of CEOs, politicians and stuff, yeah are narcissists yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know things like that because or sociopaths right yeah, yeah. because you uh, you have to repress those feelings yeah. everybody on wall street yeah, yeah wall exactly. street guys are psycho i mean Sorry, but like anybody but, you know. that has that much wealth and success and money whatever you can't feel guilt or care about that that much about others yeah yeah but then because you don't care about your employees which means that you will take from them yeah and everything else can like, i say something yeah and i i'm, I'm saying this like with sensitivity in, in making, say, like, our future and yeah. just getting all of this going and stuff. And you yeah. ag- agree with me I'm or sure, disagree I'm with sure me? I'm sure I would. We've faced, like, in the two and a half years that we've... Dilemmas. You yeah. face oh, human sure. dilemmas. Yeah. And it's... Ethical dilemmas. Ethical... It's oh, hard. Yeah. As because eth- now you have your business mindset where it's not about the people. It's about my business. Mm. I have to... I have to make a living. Yeah. This is how I make a living. So I ha- might have to be brutal about something and it might not be, ethical, I, which I do think we're very ethical. I really do. I, do, I uh, And agree. I think if anybody like crosses us or something happens, it's very uh, justified. Yeah. Like what our decisions are. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I'm it's just hard. I mean, it's hard do doing have the to right thing. Those things. Yeah. yeah. And, and I do sometimes I, and it sucks being a part of that business world. And I but think like with your guys' field, though, there is this huge issue that, like, I get, like, oh, my God, like, April, you deserve to be paid so much more. But at the same time, you have to yeah. do that t- the same thing to other people where it's like, well, like, you'll get credit on this, but we can't afford to pay you. Yeah. And then right. it, that's, like, also a dilemma where it's just, like, people are putting in work and so much work into, like, yeah. creative industries, but not always can get paid the, like, if it was any mm-hmm. other job, it's, like, you should Yeah, our industry is so very weird. More. But then yeah. there's, like, this exception, and even with, like, you know, other people, mm-hmm. you know, um, I, yeah. I would be so upset when I'd I find think out how much they were getting paid, yeah. and I'm just, like, what? But I think it has to do with... The fact that it is our industry that like uh, so many people in the world want to be yeah. a part of. And it's an exchange. It yeah. Is an exchange so it's like it. everybody wants to do this. Yeah. So it's like it is a huge sacrifice involved. Like, yeah. I, I've done so many like unpaid internships, which, you know, I wish I didn't have to. But like yeah. I did it because I figured like I knew that I needed to do it. And yeah. like it's really hard to even get jobs in our industry right off the bat, even yeah. if you go to college or yeah. whatever. And we found if we treat everyone good and we have yeah. good food yeah. they're down you know <laughs> but it's, so like, yeah, some, it's, yeah. it's a mutual thing but yeah. it's just you some know. every once in a while like something what i'm yeah. saying that for is because in wall street i don't think they give a care about the dilemmas they don't yeah. care that they're screwing over like no. x amount of people they Especially don't care by the time that they got to wall street they've gotten fucked over so many times yeah. and they yeah. understand the way that things are to where it's just like no i have to be this way and then yeah. they like you know get to that I mean, point. people on wall street are all of just about money yeah and that's yeah. it like there's yeah. no empathy there yeah, it's just yeah. about money. I mean, <laughs> even in my field, so like, you know, um, say like at the hospital, the most, you know, the most um, valued person, I guess you could say, is the psychiatrist is the most paid. At it, oh, right. You know. But like, 
the kids get to see them for like maybe five minutes. They say, this doctor doesn't even look me in the eye. I try to explain or tell them like, you know, like vent to them. And they're like, okay, okay, we're done out. And like, yeah. like next, next kid, you know? So it's just like, you can't have, wow. when, when you're experiencing, like when you're in such a bad situation, you can't have that much empathy when like you're more consumed about like how many more patients am I going to see? No, today? really? Like, I remember I had a professor at um, Fullerton and she was like, this like French kind of critical professor, like, you know, all about critical um, cinema yeah, and studies and stuff like that. And uh, she had, she, you know, our class was like a hundred people or so. And she announced like, Oh, you know, make sure you turn in your papers, but uh, also make sure that you're not bothering your professors. Cause uh, they're really busy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, Oh my God. Like, you know, and, and she was uh, an advisor or, um, uh-huh. you know, yeah. Like or whatever in, in, in or the like, department yeah. yeah and so like i was like wow like that's how you feel about it but like i understand because like you probably have so many people coming to your office hours but at the same time like you don't want to like discourage people from not approaching like that's your job yeah i don't know it's, it's, it's really sad balance. but also like i can i can try i try to understand both yeah. sides because you know you kind of you just have to like yeah Taoism. Once yeah. you get to that point, though, then you understand both Yeah, sides. because it's like, you know, we're trying to get to that point. You know, we're <laughs> trying to become those people. Yeah. And it's like, I know that my opinions will change when I get there. Yeah. And I, they're already changing as I'm getting more into yeah. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, I'll be honest with you. Like, real talk, like, it's it's been like a bloody battle to the end. Like, it's been a lot of work. And like, just when I told you about my stomach thing. That was like three days ago. I was like, or four days or something. Like I was like dying and I'm like, what the hell? And 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 the thing is, I'm really happy with where we're at. I'm really happy with what we're doing. I know we're building something beautiful and we're really proud of the movie. We're proud of the show. We're proud of yeah. all those things. But I found that it's not like the sort of, oh, yay. Like you, you have to, I'm, I'm not a sociopath. I'm very empathetic with people. And that's why uh-huh. I just kind of keep to myself, you know, like, but it's just, man, these dilemmas, man, like I call them Debbie dilemmas. They're crazy. Like it starts small. It starts mm-hmm. with like, how much do you want to pay for lunch? And then it's sort of like, I don't even know. I can't, I'm being so vague here, but yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. it's been, I'm so, my energy is zapped. Yeah. I'm dead. I, like once we established our business and stuff, like everything kind of changed. So yeah. I have a question for both of you guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, the point that you're at right now, I yeah. mean, you know, you guys have this like office space and everything. You're doing podcasts. You are, you know, um, now Movie studio. being able to, <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. able to, you know, present these, you know, films that you guys have been working on. Now, do you still feel like, okay, this is not enough, or maybe I could have done something different? Always. Like, are you guys critiquing? Absolutely. It's a constant uh, build to keep getting to something higher. Yeah, always. Like, shh. That's, you answer first, Alex. Yeah, I mean, like, that's, that's like, because, okay, I identify as a business person and as an artist, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of who we are. You kind of have to do both. You cannot just do one in this field. So, yeah. like, you know, as the artist, I'm always thinking, like, I could have done so much better. Like I'm always picking apart. Like there's this like strive to be perfect in this world. And um, sometimes you just have to kind of like decide like, do I want to keep on working on this one project and just keep on going for like another year, another two years and make it perfect? Or do I stop this project and just accept it as it is? Because I think it's good enough. I don't know about you, Nas, but I always think, I think it's good enough. I think that I've done my best. I'm ready to move on. I think that's kind of how I see things. And like, that's when I kind of decide to kind of part ways with my projects. Cause like, they're never finished. Like you can talk to any filmmaker and yeah. they're never finished. It never feels like finished. And yeah. and the thing is like, 
there are things that I've said in this film that I'm very happy with. I'm happy that I'm very happy with the film, yeah. you know. I I don't feel like I should have done anything differently. Like a friend even asked yeah. me something similar. He said if you could go back, would you take a different step? I said not one step. I I think we made the right yeah, steps. Yeah, yeah. It's just right now like they know I'm writing it. I'm being very mysterious about what I'm writing. It's the next mountain. I just know there's another mountain. You touched on something yeah. because I, in my head right now I was thinking these projects are like our babies. So, yeah. you know, our first baby is always going to be very special. But I think that our next baby might be different. Yeah. Doesn't mean that it's better, but it means that we've learned a lot from the first one. Yeah. And that now we're ready to kind of take on the next yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, like you don't want to just bank all your money on the one thing. Yeah. You're going to make the next one and then maybe the next one and yeah. just kind of learn from that. Yeah. yeah. But, and then, but they're all special. You and know then what one I mean? last thing. I, I, I got it like a decade on you guys. Right. And I could literally start making the next movie. I could die making it. And I'm not saying like, I'm like, I'm not trying to make it out. Like, I'm just saying nothing is promised. You don't know what the next day is going to bring. You don't mm -hmm. know what's going to happen. And so I realized in making Debbie, which was really important to me, like there were there were things in there where it's like, dude, you're revealing a lot. But I, I had to go for it. I realized like, no, I can't do a movie that's just whatever. I'm not a jobber. You no, know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, like yeah. I'm a guy that it has to be the most important story to me ever. Yeah. And that's what I'm writing right now. And it's like, it, it has to be everything. Yeah. I and it translates like all the passion and like, and everybody involved and all their passion. Cause if people yeah. are working on our movies and stuff like that for like little to no pay or whatever it is, like that means that they're there because they love what they do. And I really do believe that like love translates into cinema in cinema. Mm -hmm. And so like when you see a really special film, it usually means that like people loved making it. Yeah. Yeah. And then sometimes you see sequels and things like that where it's like, oh, it's not as good. Yeah. And it's yeah. because there's not that passion. Uh -huh. yeah. And sometimes you see these like cult classic movies that are like so good and they just like they hold up so well, but they don't, you know, or they, you know, they just they translate forever. But yeah, I, I do think that the passion yeah. always matters. I, and, and, you know. I put my entire like life into this thing and I'm it's just it's yeah. so me ripped open like yeah. it's it's yeah go ahead from sorry from start to and how long like from like idea of this movie to now 2014 so <laughs> I'm asking these questions because yeah. yeah, we yeah. can go into the schemas. And oh, the yes, yes, yes. Okay. That's so why I'm very interested so in like your I'm, analysis. Yeah, so could, I'm very curious. Could um, you explain the schemas yes. first? Yeah. So schemas, it's basically like, um, um, what would you say? Like concepts that like you've created in your head, either like about others or the way that you view yourself. And um, so, for example, one of them is like mistrust. So you're constantly thinking that people are lying to you or deceiving you. And um, so that's you if you have that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's like this like concept that you view the world or about yourself. Uh -huh. Okay. So, um, uh, the schema uh, questionnaire is 90 questions. And um, it's broken up into 14 different um, schemas. So the way I score it, um, I go down and see how many, like it's ones up to one through six. So I count, calculate um, all the ones, yeah. one through six and in a certain way. What does one, one mean and what is six? Um, I believe one is like, like not at all or like not at all. Oh, okay, and okay. then six is very much okay, like okay, okay. I have an idea for yeah. dramatic. I have the silence of this. You can explain the schemas with the silence of the lamb song. Oh okay. <laughs> so, um, 
Okay, I'll kill it. Sorry. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, I scored it actually today. And um, I took this three I weeks ago or two weeks ago or something. It's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a ago. second. Like yeah. a month, maybe. Yeah, I want to say a month ago. But when uh, April first sent it to me, I was like, that's very interesting. He has a lot of ones. <laughs> and so either ones or sixes, it's uh, someone is very, very confident. Very sure of themselves. Yeah. Very sure of themselves. Where it's like three, it's like, mm, like oh, yeah, that's okay. kind of like me, but I'm not sure. Should I say it's like me? But it was just like, you're very sure of yourself. So I was like, this is going to be a very interesting okay. score. So I knew right away that it was going to be very easy for me to score because I could instantly tell which categories had the highest points. In. Okay. So, um, you had one that had sixes for every part of that category. So there's um, five oh, different wow. questions per category. Oh. And you had sixes all in unrelenting standards. I knew it. I oh, knew okay. it. I knew it. All right, yeah. Yeah. Um, I have that one too. And so that's, that's a total of 30 points. Um, so that's the highest that you could get. And then nice. um, your next, you the next two. So um, again, as a therapist, um, I would give this person um, the test. I get it back. I score all of them. And then um, I just pick the top three. Mm -hmm. okay. And then so um, again, I'm more of a psychodynamic, I'm trained psychodynamically. So I start looking at your childhood and see how your childhood starts relating to how you act now as an adult. Okay. So um, I pick the top three and then we start picking apart. Like, when did this start? When did he start having this belief? So, okay, so that's unrelenting standards and then entitlement superiority. <laughs> I knew it. Right? <laughs> Listen. I, okay. I called it. I called right. it, too. <laughs> then the third one is self-punitiveness. Oh, I, I, I didn't call I that I punish one. myself? So, in, a, in a way, yes. Oh, so, wow. So, um, let me... Uh, so, that the entitlement grandiosity uh, is the... Um, it's part of the category of impaired limits. So it's a feeling that one is superior to other people, entitled to special rights and privileges, <laughs> or not bound by the rules of reciprocity that guide normal s social interactions. Um, it's uh, usually to achieve power, control, attention, admiration. Uh, sometimes includes excessive competitiveness, envy of others, entitled individuals often dominate and control the behavior of others and their <laughs> desires. Um, so I thought that was... Thank you for listening oh, to the Wild stop. 7 podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Okay, all right. So, but, but okay, so this is where it's like, it, there's like a cycle in this. So your next one, again, is unrelenting standards, hypercriticalness. That was your highest scoring one. Mm -hmm. So Makes again, sense. like That's it's great. Like you That's have good. this entitlement, but at the same time, you are so critical of yourself so it's just like where does that come from so i'd want to as a therapist i would want to dive in of like you're so critical but at the same time you feel like you're above others so it's i think i'm above people in hollywood it's different they're not human like i just, you know like they, I, I i don't know i'm not in a very and i don't see i don't see yourself as that way like right, right. Any, any interaction that i've had with you in the past yeah like i'm like oh my god this guy's a narcissist like, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. no like, give it time yeah <laughs> i was gonna say ashley <laughs> yeah. oh, what do you think <laughs> okay so unrelenting standards hypercriticalness is the underlying belief that one must strive to meet very high internalized standards of behavior and performance usually to avoid criticism or shame um it typically presents with perfectionism rigid rules time and efficiency and um, a sense of being driven to accomplish and achieve at a very high level often across many areas of life so that's what i was asking you is uh you know how long did this take and you said 2014 that's six yeah. years so it's like you needed it to be a certain way you needed to hire you know specific people that were going to help you achieve it in your specific vision yeah and i think 
April is an excellent team member of that because she mm-hmm. is also very oh. critical and she also has that need to like have high standards. She holds herself to high standards and makes sure that she follows through with good quality stuff. Mm. Also one of That's my schemas. Yeah, also one of her <laughs> schemas. So I was like, okay, like very. Um, I love it. You know, uh, good crew. Well, that's why we're good partners. Like, exactly. yeah. 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 I, I think, I think our other true. partner would also lie in that same. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think everybody in our like group yeah. has that in their schema. Yeah. In their top three. Yeah. Which is great. I think that's great. Yeah. Um. So is that a negative thing, Steph? It, it, <laughs> it can be too much of something good. Yeah. You know, it can, can I, be a good thing. Can I ask you? Do you have? That? Yeah, I do. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And, oh, wow. uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it, that's why grad school was really hard for me. It's just like, like, I needed to sh- prove to everybody that I wasn't stupid and I wasn't the dumbest one in my you know cohort <laughs> yeah. and things like that. Just having these high standards and making sure that I was, you know, I had to show videos of myself doing therapy with real clients, <laughs> and that was so much pressure. Yeah, you know, to be like, oh, I need to make sure that I'm not like the worst one and I'm not the worst therapist in this right. room. Right. <laughs> yeah. But. Um, Best, right? yeah. <laughs> so your your so your last one is the punitiveness, and um, this is a belief that one should be harshly punished for making mistakes. Involves the tendency to be angry, intolerant, punitive, and impatient with those people, especially oneself, who do not meet high expectations or standards. Um, usually includes difficulty forgiving mistakes in oneself or others because of a reluctance to uh, I can see that I can see that yeah. extenuating circumstances uh, allow for human. Im- perfection or empathizing with feelings so um (laughs) talking to ashley about it she's like okay i could kind of see that like not necessarily with others but maybe you're really harsh on yourself i could see that you know because whenever like (laughs) funny example like you know nas will say oh i'm late coming to the office like um please forgive me yeah yeah. and you'll show up with like cupcakes or donuts or whatever and i love that (laughs) yeah what do you call that seppakuki because in in japanese when they do something wrong they do seppaku like they kill themselves i call it seppakuki i bring cookies (laughs) yeah they made up a term yeah you know it's it's so sweet because he knows he you know if he ever does anything like wrong which is it's not wrong but what's up Harikari, yeah, yeah, it's the oh, same I've never thing. Yeah, heard yeah, of that. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, like if you ever feel like guilty about something, like if you're running late, for example, always show up with like a dessert. And I think that's so sweet. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. Hey, well, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm just <laughs> trying, you guys. I'm just <laughs> trying to be a human being. It's like, how I, could you be mad at know, somebody that brings I, you cookies? Um, <laughs> I, you know, I, what can I say? Look, my, I, I'm just trying to connect this to my thing. Okay, hold on. I, um. I live in a town where there are people that I see, and I, I try not to be judgmental. I, honest to God, Stephanie, I'm not like a, a raging narcissist. I'm just aware of the fact that I have those tendencies. Maybe it's because I'm Persian, because I know Persians are, we're pretty, <laughs> we're pretty arrogant, you know. And I can say that. Okay, we all think we're Italian or something. I don't know what it is, but I am yes, very hard on myself. I, my father is a tailor. Okay, and I never saw my father have a boss. But he always said um, the customer is king. He always treated his customers very reverently, you know, and he always looked nice and this and that. Mm -hmm. And when I started doing this, I realized, oh, the customer is like the audience. And so, and the audience, I heard a, a filmmaker, Billy Wilder, say this, as one person, they're an idiot. As a whole, they're genius. And this whole thing with Debbie has been trying to craft something that, I think the audience will like, which is basically a kid that lives inside me. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. Does that make sense? And if I ever let that kid down, I'll kill myself. Like I can't do it. Like I'm so devoted to what we're doing that it's just, it's my life mission. It's everything. There's no, they, they, they know me. They know I'm a freak with women. I'm not like that, but like, I'm I'm, I'm like, (laughs) like yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just very (laughs) closed off with people. When I meet people, maybe you even experienced it when I first met you. Like I'm, I can connect like this. Mm-hmm. Do you get what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's how I am. But like when I meet people, I sort of, I'm very polite in a, in a sort of like, hi, you know, yeah. let's, let's, when I meet someone, I, I calculate what's the easiest way to get through this. That'll be pleasant for me and this person. And then on top of that, I hate the world because I constantly feel for the world. I don't like watching the news because it's depressing. Yeah. And it's too much. And the thing is like the older I get, I don't know, you have to protect yourself. And, and I, I, um, I see that. Yeah. You're all about balance. I think. I think so. I mean, I'm again, and and you're a Pisces. Yeah. I'm a Pisces. And so uh, whatever, you know, like we're moody (laughs) or whatever, you know, like, but I mean, dude, I had a lot. Yeah. I had my first experience with like mental stuff at like 20, I would say 21 or 22 or something like early. Mm. And then I went to jail in like at 26 for mental stuff, but it was such a educational experience for me that I could not take it back for anything. It really made me who I am and stuff. And it's been 11 years since. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I, life is hard. What can I say? But I'm, I'm, I try, you know, and it's, yeah. No, can I ask you something? And maybe Stephanie, obviously you too. Go ahead. Let's just lay it all out. Yeah. So how do you, how do you guys think that uh, mental illness is portrayed in movies? Like horribly, someone that has (laughs) been in that maybe kind of a situation like that. Yeah you know, someone that has anything mentally or whatever. Yeah. And someone that works at a place like that. Yeah. You know, um, and, and where do you think that Hollywood is going wrong? Or, or are they going wrong? Are they being creative? It's, <laughs> I think, I think that it's, it's a real struggle to um, portray a specific mental illness a certain way with being realistic. Right. Um, visually, right? Visually. Yeah. It's so yeah. hard. So that's why it's like, okay, like, this didn't, like, exactly fit, like, someone having schizophrenia or someone having this, but it's it's close enough, and I get what, where they were trying to go. But yeah. in order for it to be entertaining, um, I feel like, and, and not too um, depressing or something like that, right. but you have to have, like, a creative twist to it. Yeah. And um, so, like, you know, um, I never got to finish watching Split, yeah, but, you yeah. know, the, like having dissociative identity disorder. Yeah. It's like, okay, that's not how it is. Well, the, there's like the last personality that the guy portrays is like this very strong person who he can push through walls and he's like, he can climb on stuff. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, I don't, does that ever happen? <laughs> no, but I mean... The, <laughs> Those I, teens. But it can't it? Like, the problem with dissociative <laughs> identity disorder is that um, there's not enough... Um, there's only case studies. So there's not enough, like, empirical research to, like, have, like, you know, 2,000 participants, like, were, you know, with DID. Like, blah, blah, right, blah. This right. is what we found. So yeah. you can't... Like, it's not... Um, it's it's still not really well diagnosed and things yeah. like that. And then um, people are more trying to show I'm an expert in DID. So they kind of make up stuff. Yeah. So there's really not that good of research on it, but so far what research has shown that people can speak a different language. They can right. have different, they show that in split. They too. can have different yeah. blood pressure than you normally would. Um, oh, wow. You can have wow. different eye color. 
Um, so there's different like things. Like you can change, right? Yeah, color your eye color yeah. like slightly changes and stuff like that. But yeah, there's yeah, all yeah. these different actual physical changes and also I different um, skills that you can have with your different personalities. But mm-hmm. it is so rare that it's really hard to prove that I mean, that's th- real. Damn, the brain is so powerful. Interesting. Yeah. There are two films that I have to say do portray ne- mental illness sort of somewhat realistically. One is not like an entertaining film. Criterion put out an edition of it, but it was called Clean Shaven. And it started this, do you remember in Pulp Fiction? Mm -hmm. I know you saw it because I saw you wore the shirt once. Uh, In Pulp Fiction, the the guy that, um, Zed, you remember Zed? Mm -hmm. He's in it, right? Mm -hmm. And he basically plays this guy that has schizophrenia and he's looking for his daughter. And there's a part where he thinks there's like a computer chip or something in his pinky. Mm -hmm. And he removes his fingernail with with the screwdriver or something Mm -hmm. very realistic film very low budget but again it's not entertaining it's like if you Mm. do something a horror film about someone that's having that i don't know you got to spice it up i I guess i do think that like you know films are a certain perspective so you can make a film that is a horror film or a comedy film or a documentary and they can all be pretty accurate or not accurate but like it's all about the perspective like you know like the way i see life is very serious and um, that's why I am always inclined to watching horror films, thrillers, yeah. dramas, because that's how I see them. Yeah. And the funny thing is, I, I don't. Nas, you know, <laughs> is very opposite almost. Yeah. Uh-huh. Where, you know, he might see things a little bit more either comedic or absurdist yeah, yeah. Or, or just fun. Yeah. No, he, yeah. He definitely has more fun than me at <laughs> yeah. work. Yeah, yeah. And I'm just like, let's get to business. <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. So, like, that's how I see the world. And I think that, you know, there's certain people that can maybe study these things yeah. and they, they're more serious about it. And yeah. there's other people that are like, well, like, let's really dive into this. Like, what does this really mean? And those are, like, yeah. philosophers and, and artists. And then there's people that are, like, co- uh, comedics that are, like, well, what's funny about this? Like, what can we say about the about society that, like, what is a funny factor about this whole issue? Yeah. So yeah. It's, it's really all about perspective, I think. So, you know? but, so one that, not diagnosis-wise, again, because it was just... It, I don't think that it really had a clear diagnosis, but the recent, most recent Joker movie. That's what the other movie that I was going to mention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So when I saw it, um, I bawled. Right, right. The whole movie. I even, um, you know, and my boyfriend at the time, he was like, I don't understand why you're crying. Uh, uh. You just have no idea because this actually, it's not necessarily his diagnosis, but the way people treat people with mental illness, it is so accurate. And um, the way that he saw, I believe it was like a social worker or a case. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. How she was just, again, like, "Eh, eh," like go away. Like, I really don't care about like he, and he just wanted to talk. talk And she just was like, yeah, sorry. Like, yeah. This is our last time you're right. seeing me. It's like this very jaded social I worker. I cried even after the movie trying to explain why I was so upset. And even at the time I was doing my <sighs> um, hours and some of the therapists were like, some either some were like, this is so true and so sad. And some were like, eh, like I just, it wasn't what I was expecting. I was like, but you just don't understand. This is how like some of my clients are. They're just so lonely and sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because you're gonna be brought on yeah. to become that way because of the way society treats them. If he would have yeah. got the right help from the beginning, yeah. he wouldn't have become that person. Yeah. Right. I, and that's I, why you're going to be an amazing therapist. I just yeah. have to say. Yeah. <laughs> really? You actually really. listen to people. You're like yeah. the best listener yeah. that I know. And I love that. I, I have to you. say this out of all the films that we've discussed, probably the scariest scene is I think around the scene that you're mentioning where she says, look, the funding is out. Yeah. Yeah. And we can't, for me, that's like, I've never seen it. That's the scariest thing. I remember like 11 years ago, like when I saw Joker, I was like, holy smokes. That's really Mm -hmm. close to 
It's, I remember that I was a, it, it's you dropped so an episode do- about it, right? Yeah, I mean, I remember when I saw Joker, I just did like 30 minutes on it, just talking about it. Because I mean, I remember when I went into jail, people would tell me, because my hair was like this. It was, it was, and the thing is, I even said this on that episode, mm-hmm. Joker was cute. Like it was cute compared to like what I saw. Because I've spent like three weeks in Twin Towers, which in the psych ward, which is a bunch of people trying to act criminally insane or are criminally insane. Mm-hmm. And I remember like after my name Red comes from, I'll tell you this story. Okay, you want to hear a story? Okay, cool. Um, so Twin Towers Correctional Facility is the biggest jail in the world. Where there's is it? It's here. It's oh. in downtown. And um, there's like 5,000 people going in and out every day. It's a a humongous, or 3,000, or some crazy number like that. And when you go in, the check-in process, it's like, it's the most, they dehumanize you from the beginning to like, <laughs> to like the very end at the very end when you when i was getting discharged some guy some guard came in and started talking about jesus and stuff so it's like okay whatever but like <laughs> um but like for instance like this was my first like five seconds in in the place right so the cops and mind you a lot of my friends have said oh you shouldn't have been arrested you should have been to a, a, a hospital or something i don't think so i think i yes i think in a perfect society somebody that was going through what i was going through would be in a hospital but again i had to see everything i had to see it i had to see it and like the first five seconds I go and then they're like, all right, fucking, st-. They, that's how they talk, forgive me. You know, they're like, fucking stand there. I'm like, okay. And then, and then they're like, all right, put your hands up. And then I go like this. And then, and then he's like, he's like, he's like, why are you doing that so weird? And I'm like, because you guys can kill me. That's why. And then he's like, fucking weirdo. And then I'm like, dude, I'm a writer and I write about everything. So enjoy your insults or whatever. So then, so then they, they, uh, they, Take me to the bullpen. Like you've seen it in the movies where there's, it's like a cage and this and that. And I'm with this guy. He's talking about his problems. He, he had a fight with his stepson or something. And, and, and I'm, we're talking and stuff. And then I get really thirsty because I had not had anything. I was hungry. I was so many things. I was, and I was like, you know, like sucked in. Like my, I was skin and bones. And so I noticed that they don't have like orange juice there or grape <laughs> juice. They have grape drink and orange drink. Oh. Like it's, it's like that kind of thing. And it doesn't even taste like the stuff. It oh, tastes wow. like water. Like Kool-Aid. That, yeah, it much. tastes like cool, like really, really watered down Kool-Aid. Yeah. I noticed there was a big carton, like a big pile, like squared pile of orange drink. And I went to the guy that took my name and I said, can I grab one of those? And he's like, yeah, sure. The guy, was, he didn't care. He was like apathetic. And then so then I go and I go by the entrance of the of where the jail is. And then the guy that called me a effing weirdo, he's like sitting in his chair. I swear to God, this is a true story. I'm not, you know. And he says, what the fuck are you doing? And then I said, I'm grabbing some orange drink. What the fuck are you doing? You're sitting in a fucking chair. And then I just went and grabbed the orange drink. And then as I'm grabbing it, I hear just all the guards rush. And then I hear them say this, these cocksuckers, these motherfuckers, I hate them so much. Don't touch his face. They grab uh, 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 handcuffs and then I just sort of go like this. No, forgive me, I missed up. I grab the orange drink and I walk back to the bullpen. And as they grab me, they like, they literally drag me. And then I didn't want the, the, the other prisoners to forget me because I was so in a weird place. I was like, remember me! And then they just just dragged me out of there. And then, so then the check-in process, we're like an hour in, but who cares? Like the check-in process, it takes like a day, right? 
But because of the fact that they keep you away from clocks and everything, you you don't know what time it is. You, you oh. it really it genuinely feels like you're there for three days, wow. and wow. um towards the end of it like they ask you if you're homosexual 10 million times they ask you if you have aids they ask you all these things just 10 million trillion That's things so and then yeah. the funny thing is i learned this trick from a movie about a gay cuban writer called before night falls really great film amazing film one of my favorite movies about art um there's a part where he goes to a cuban jail and he manages to like he had some pills on him mm -hmm. and then i was like well knowing what i because by that time i had been through like a string of mental hospitals that progressively got worse and worse and worse. So that by the time I got to the one before jail, it was like the seventh circle of hell. And then jail is like the inferno, you know? And it was it was a nuts time. I've been through a lot, but everybody has, you know? Like, And so um, I told, they have you see physicians uh -huh. to, to tell you like, oh, how are you feeling okay? Yeah. And then the whole time, because I have no fear here like i'm in a place where i just have no fear and then mind you my hair is like brighter red than it is now i look nuts you know and everybody's like i don't know whatever everybody's doing their own thing you know like <laughs> and so um the physician is like are you feeling okay are you injured and i said you know the whole time i'm going through the check-in process i go i keep going my neck is really feeling really bad oh you are gonna be a 7-eleven security guard when i'm done with you and then the thing is like i just kept talking <laughs> enough that they couldn't do anything. They would just kind of look, give you mean looks or something. Or I remember when they handcuffed me to the bullpen chair, you know, they dragged me and put, I kept taking, one of them was free. It was like a four person handcuff thing. And I just kept clicking it to annoy them. Like click, click, <laughs> click, click. Oh my God. And then, so then I told the physician, I said, you know, my neck is feeling horrible. I think I'm, I have like a broken neck or something. So then they gave me pain pills so that I knew when they finally put me into the general area i'll be loose like i'll be a little high I'll, you know what i mean yeah. and so they gave me like this pain pill and i'm feeling good and stuff and i'm talking to this south sider with horns tattooed on his head about an anime and stuff we're really bonding <laughs> and, and then so then finally they finally the check-in process is over and they want you to go into your pod like imagine here i'm drawing it on the table here's the 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 floor that you're at each pod is called, called pod A, pod B, pod C, so forth, right? Each pod can hold maybe 30 people, but there's usually way more people packed in there, right? And so they just, and the thing is when you have to move in jail, if you're a convict, you, you're following a line. If you get out of the line, you're, you're effed. Like they'll beat you up. Like I remember when I was doing the shower thing and I hate dudes, like I'm not... Um, what are you, homophobic or anything? I, I, I'm not. I'm not. I don't. I'm not a guys guy. I don't like guys. You know, like I don't like being with a bunch of naked guys. It sucks. And then, so then I remember, like, and you've seen the scene in movies ten million times where they're like, get in there, strip, and take a shower. Blah 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 blah. This is just to illustrate the guards, and then I'll get to my point. Like, and then we're done. We're good. We, this is great content. Thank you, Stephanie. <laughs> Welcome. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Um, so they go. Uh, they go, all right. And this is exact words. He's like, you guys are going to strip down to your balls. You have seven minutes. And then you got to put, the, you know, you got to be naked by the time. I don't forget exactly what he said, but you got to be <laughs> naked by the time they come back in there, right? Oh my God. They leave. And then I'm showering. I hate it so much. And then I'm standing there all uncomfortable. There was this like Latino guy that didn't take his boxers off. That's all he did. That's Aww. the only thing he did. He didn't take his boxers off. The guards come in. They see the boxers. 
they they just rush up to him. They start punching him and they just start beating him on oh out of God. there and they drag him out of there. That's the Holy guards. Shit. I can tell you this with all, heart on my hand, hand on my heart, everything. I was not afraid of one convict there. There were convicts that would sort of try to test you a little bit yeah. and, and you would sort of withstand the test. And I made friends there. The guards were the scariest mother effers in the world. Like they were so scary. And so I'm ready to go to my pod. They say, they say on a speaker, go to pod B. I didn't know what pod B was. I didn't know where they, there's <laughs> nothing. There's, it's not like a classroom where there's like labels and <laughs> stuff. They're, it's so not so user like, friendly. Yeah, I, I, exactly. I exactly. Excuse me. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I go and then I accidentally went to the control booth where the guards were. Oh boy. And I opened the door and then this guy, I, I'm not going to say his name, but if I ever, I don't hate anybody. I really think hate is just not a good thing. But if I did hate someone, I would hate this guy. This guy, the whole time I was there, I was so terrified of him because he just wanted to kill me. His, I was going to say his name. He's a guard. And I go, he immediately rushes, run, walks up to me and grabs my, my throat. And he was shorter than me too, but he was one of those short guys that was like, oh, I got, yeah, yeah, stocky and has a lot to prove because he's, and and he grabs my throat. And then this was when it sort of became clear to me that like, oh my God, I'm, this is not, um, this is not a game. Like this is, I, I think I could get pretty fucked up here by these guards and stuff. And so it was one of those moments where I knew if I just moved, he'll, He'll he'll start beating me. I remember when I was there, he broke a dude's jaw, and that was just one of the wow. things that he did. Oh and God. and he just grabbed me, and like I'm holding my throat. The listener can't see this. He grabbed me, and I had to reason with him while standing still. And I've used words to get out of situations, but this was the most like dire. I just basically said, "I'm sorry. It was a misunderstanding. I really apologize. Um, it won't happen again." And um, yeah, sorry. You know, like, <laughs> and and then wow. and then he couldn't do anything because there were a lot of people around yeah. and stuff. And so they, his partner, who I called Urkel, um, you know, tied me with another hand. Yeah. And once again, put me to another place. And then I got to my pod. Um, wowzer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And wow. and yeah, it's the most. And then I remember. Um, how I got the name Nas Red uh, uh, was I was there and I was really having, I hate to say fun, but it was interesting for me talking to these dudes and sort of getting to know this environment that you've seen in movies, you've read about in books and you heard about in rap music and stuff like that. It's interesting. And I remember there was a guy um, that he was my, uh, my, my celly. They call him cell. Your cellmate is your celly. And uh, he kept telling me what to do and like not telling me what to do in an aggressive way, but saying like, like I remember I went up on my bunk with my shoes on. He's like, don't put your shoes up. Blah, blah, blah. And then long story short, he he came up to me and I think we were pretty sure he was on a murder beef because he was at court every day. And okay. if you're at court every day, it's pretty much that's what oh, you're shit. dealing with, yeah. you know. And he came up to me. He said something. I don't even want to say what, but like, it was you know. 
And then I just blew up on him. And I was like, dude, I'm not going to blow you. Fucking leave me alone. There's one X on my shirt, just like you, because that's the sizes. And so just like you, fucking leave me alone, dude. And I yelled at him in front of everybody. There was like a baseball game going on. And everybody was just like quiet for a second. And then the guy that was in charge of that pod, he was like a big biker dude. He pulls me aside and like, well, man, what's going on? You know, because I was a, you know, I was a younger guy too. And, you know, the yeah. OGs over there, they take care of you if they, you know. How funny. Yeah, you know, and, and he's like, what's going on? And I said, dude, this guy fucking keeps telling me what to do and stuff. And blah, blah, blah. And then because I said, I'm not going to blow. I, what I meant when I said, I'm not going to blow you was I'm not going to like kiss your ass here. I'm not, yeah. I'm not beholden to you. I'm, you know. Yeah. And so he said, dude, just, just, just be calm, be chill, you know, blah, blah, blah. That guy went and took a shower. And then I was talking to my other cellies about how much we hated him because he crushed, <laughs> um, he put milk cartons down our toilet. And so we couldn't use it. We had to use oh the one in gosh. the day room. And so as I'm talking to these guys, all of a sudden I hear, what's up, homie? And right before I hear, what's up, homie, my head just goes, zoom. And it's weird because it goes back to Joker. Do you remember in The Dark Knight, there's that part where Batman like slams his head into the t desk? Yeah. And then he says, never start with the head. The victim gets all fuzzy. He doesn't know what's happening. That's exactly <laughs> what happened. He hits me in the head and he basically punched and beat me from the top of the pod down the stairs. And if you see these, this scar, that's where I got this scar. And the only thing that happened, my chin like split open. Damn. And I was like punched down the stairs. And I swear to God, this is true. Um, because if this didn't happen, I wouldn't have gotten the name. They would have called me Nas the Wimp or something, you know? Like, <laughs> um, but he, he was really mad at me, rightfully so, you know? And he just sort of marched back upstairs. And I was, I was wearing a white shirt, like a white undershirt. And it was all blood like it was blood my face was blood everything was just bloody Damn. and i literally just i'll act it out but like the listener can't see this i literally just got up and the thing is there was this this uh baseball game happening and stuff and everybody was now concentrating on me <laughs> and, and and so i just got up and i just watched him go up the stairs and just sort of stalked him with my eyes and just wiped my my chin and then that biker dude pulled me back and he's like, okay, listen, the guards are going to come here in a second. You fell down the stairs. I was like, okay, I fell down the stairs. Wow. And, and that's how it goes down there. And, wow. you know, <laughs> and, then, and then the thing is like after that, everybody just called me red. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and that's how I got it. Listen, wow. Stephanie, Stephanie, <laughs> listen, it. let's hear it for Stephanie. Hey, <laughs> this was a good one. Hold on, my, my, oh. my, my headphones are, okay, cool. We're good. Stephanie, Welcome. <laughs> all right, Thank you. this was a great one. Stephanie, do you have any so thoughts of, or anything? Wait, one last bit of fun. Hold on, let's just do this, why not? We're like an hour 20 in, let's just do this for fun. Let me call my mom. <laughs> okay. No, you're We're, not. Yeah, yeah, we got it. I got to tell her His how the schema so test. We got to tell her how the schema test went. Oh okay. my gosh. All right. And she always answers. Yeah. Let's see. That's so funny. Answer. <laughs> can she hear? Oh, here we go. If you don't mind, you can you can tell her what what yeah. things I have. Yeah. <laughs> if we had a. Like podcast producer in this one. Your call has been oh, forwarded. Oh, never mind. Wow, okay, never you. mind. My mom ignored me. <laughs> That's okay, first. my mom doesn't love me. Now you see why, you know? Yes. yes. Okay, Stephanie, she says thank you so much for coming. 
Thank you Thank for you. having me. It, this yes, was a lot of I'm fun. So I was I was really looking forward to this. Me You're too. a great human and they speak very highly of you. And any we friend of Ash. Oh. Yes. Do, do, well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> any friend of Ash and Alexa and April is a friend of mine. And thank you. And let one more time. Welcome. All right. <laughs> okay. All right. So Stephanie, where can the good people find you? Are you on social? Or are you are you able to do that with yes. your profession? Uh, so it's Stephanie underscore and then the country Venezuela. So Stephanie underscore Venezuela is cool. where you can find me. On Insta. Which is yes. not her last name. It is not my last name. So but people confusing. always assume so that I just made it my oh. you know, handle. Because they're like, like the country. I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I thought that it. for a second. Yeah. 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 But okay. Yeah, no. So th thank you so much for making thank the time, coming me. out here. Yeah. Hey, Stephanie. I have to say, Stephanie was actually really cool because you know, New Slash is coming out. I remember when we were shooting. Oh that, yeah, she was. And her we were so rap, yeah, we were so in your in your space, yeah. and and just with lots of snacks around and stuff. <laughs> oh, I and I, I felt kind of guilty, yeah. and I was like, Stephanie. And I noticed you were really kind of like. You're really quiet, just trying to, you know, like. Well, I don't want <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, but no, I look forward to, to more times. time. Please return. I will. Yes. I'd be happy to. Thank you. And I will. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. April, where can the good people find you? Yes. Uh, follow me. Ooh. Follow me on Instagram at April Mendoza with two A's at the end. And uh, follow Nightshade Collective at nightshadecollective.com. And uh, keep up with us on nightshadecollective.com and uh, watsonstudios.com. Um, keep an eye out for Newsflash that just came out today. Yes, visit uh, wild7studios.com. Yeah. I'm sorry. Um, yeah, wild7studios.com. There's a lot of good stuff. Uh, we have uh, Newsflash, which is April's episode of Mr. Red's Gruesome Stories. We're very, very proud of that. Um, just dropped today at 4 o'clock. So yes. Check it out if you want some gruesome content. Fun uh, stuff. It's, it's very surreal. Can't wait to watch. Yes, it's very fun. Uh, yes. Very much about our current climate. Yes. I think it's very... Uh, Relatable. Relevant, too. Yeah. Yeah, very, very relevant. relevant. You can follow me on Twitter at Mr. Nas Red. Follow me on Instagram at Mr.NasRed. Email me at nasred at wild7studios.com. Uh, yeah, visit us at, at April at wild7studios.com. Yes, and uh, yeah. And now, Stephanie, we just wait for the music to, to end. We just sort of idle yeah, a little bit. But yeah, it's, it's been a great <laughs> week. We just dropped a few gruesome stories. Yeah. Congratulations, you guys. I am thank so you. impressed with everything that thank you guys you have so posted much. on Wild 7 Studios. And thank you thank so much. You and thank so you for much. all of the support over the years. Oh, I've seen it, you know, just in knowing April and stuff. We really appreciate it. You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And I talk highly of you guys, too. So. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank, thank you so much. much. Yeah. She's the best. Yeah. She is the best. Always very supportive. And um, yeah. But yeah, and keep an eye out for Debbie and the Devil, our or a comedy feature coming out soon. Shoot a movie, not a person. God damn it, stop recording.